This is Jay Allen Smith, and you're listening to Outdoor Adventures with Jason Sacco. Racks offering the coolest bow hanger on the market. Display your bow with pride in your house, your garage, or anywhere you'd like. We carry most major brands while also offering a custom service if you have an idea or logo of your own that you'd like made into a hanger. Use them to display your traditional bow, compound bow, or even your crossbow. They also work great for hanging your hunting gear, your bags, or hats. Not to mention the design just looks plain awesome all by themselves. A Rax hanger makes for a great gift for that special hunter in your life. Go to RaxInc.com to see some of the available designs or contact us to discuss the custom hanger of your own. For listeners of the Outdoor Adventures with Jason podcast, use the promo code PODCAST and get 15% off your first order. Rax, show off your passion. Welcome to Outdoor Adventures with Jason. Each week I bring the world of hunting, fishing, and conservation to you. From the great hunting and fishing opportunities found in the Americas to the dream safaris located on the dark continent beyond. I'll introduce you to those who are already out in the field living every outdoor enthusiast's dream, as well as outfitters and gear manufacturers that can make those dreams your reality. Welcome to this episode of Outdoor Adventures with Jason. Today I'm going to welcome to the show Devin Leonard. Devin is a big-time mule deer hunting. It's his passion, and I've been excited to get him on the show to talk about mule deer hunting, something that I've always wanted to do and I hopefully one day will get to. But on top of mule deer hunting, I've brought on Devin to help me out. He owns a company called iSocial Boost, which helps folks that want to and boost up their Instagram accounts. And mine desperately needed that kind of help. So, Devin, welcome to the show. Jason, I appreciate you having me on. I'm excited to talk about mule deer with you. Well, how's everything out in Salt Lake City? You guys getting snow? Yeah, you know what? We got uh, an early snowstorm. I've been spending most of my time out there in Nevada chasing mule deer. But uh, up here in Salt Lake City, Utah, we probably received anywhere between 6 to 10 inches up there in the high country where we hunt deer in the summertime. Well, those ski resorts will be itching to get open. Oh, yeah, especially last year. It was it was pretty rough for them last year, which, you know, as far as uh, the winter, it helped out the deer. They had an easy winter to go through. Up here above Salt Lake, I mean, the moisture's pretty good, so I don't know if we're ever worried about a drought like they are out in the southern parts of Nevada where it gets pretty deserty and dry out there. But, yeah, the ski resorts, they're going to be – I think we're going to have a good snow year, so I think they're going to like it. Awesome. Now, for the folks listening, Devin travels all over the western United States for mule deer hunting. Have you gone north of the border up into Canada as well? No, I think that's uh, north of the border. That's that's next on my list. I think I've got a Mexico mule deer tag, and after this year, maybe I'll start spending my extra hunting money up there in uh, Alberta, Canada, and see if I can't kill one of those big mule deer up there. I'm assuming like whitetail, the bodies will be much bigger. Yeah, the whitetail that they have up there and the mule deer that they have up in there. It should make for some fun hunting, but you can't beat Sonora for the friendliness, the food, and the the hunting experience. That's what's so cool about, you know, being out in Sonora, the desert out there, is that we go out there, we get that real authentic Mexican food. It's funny, one year they tried cooking us, like, they tried cooking American food. We're like, no, no, we don't want that. We get that all the time back home. Yeah, give us the good stuff. Yeah, the good stuff. So that was, yeah, the food. And that, that's what I was saying. That's what's so fun out there. It's just kind of more of a, you know, we still hunt hard, but we get, you know, they feed us good and we relax. And it's kind of cool to go through the old towns out there and see the different culture. And I don't know Spanish very well, but my buddy does. And it's kind of cool to go out there and meet these people out there that are part of a different culture out there. 
Oh, I bet. So for the listeners, and about a year ago, a video popped up called Taking a Bow to a Gunfight. And I said, okay, I got to watch this. Turns out it was Devin was out with his dad and a few other of his good friends running through the mountains of Utah after an elk. And Devin, talk a little bit about this hunt. This was actually really an interesting video. Yeah, so this was um, a tag that I drew here at one of the hunting expos that they have here in Salt Lake City, Utah. You pay $5 for an entry, and they have over 200 tags that you can put in for, and you can put one entry in for each tag. So I paid $5 to put in for this lottery entry tag, just, you know, for example. And I got lucky and drew one of these rifle elk tags. It's a limited entry elk tag here in Utah, which is a very hard tag to draw. And I, I would think for a rifle, you know, it takes anywhere between 12 to you know, 14 years to draw this uh, specific tag that I drew here in Utah. For a resident? For a resident, yep. Wow. So pretty coveted tag to have. It's not the best elk tag that you can have here in Utah, but I mean, I got lucky drawing this tag. I I mean, I didn't have to use any points and I don't really have a lot of elk points just because I mostly put them for mule deer. So I drew this rifle elk tag and I was pretty pumped about that. And I'm more of an archery guy than a rifle guy. And, you know, the only time that I really use my rifle is when I go to Mexico. But don't get me wrong, I'll use my rifle when I can. But I thought, well, you know what? I'm going to challenge myself and see if I can, you know, use my bow with this rifle tag. So while everybody else is out in the field chasing these elk with their rifles, I'm going to try and beat the odds and see if I can't kill them with my bow. So it was going to be right during the prime rut. So what's cool about that is these elk are going to be bugling, calling back and forth, and there's going to be a lot of action going on and so I wanted my dad to be a part of that and I thought well what would be you know cooler than having my dad alongside me with me and have my good friend Dallas Haymeyer film the whole hunt so that's kind of how that whole thing happened and we went along uh, so yeah it, it started and Dallas agreed to come up and film the hunt and my dad was there and we had a couple good buddies that would show up and they helped out as well. And for the listeners, if you go out to YouTube, just type in The Experience or type in Devin's name, type in Devin, D-E-V-I-N, Leonard, L-E-O-N-A-R-D, it will come right up. And wait till you see this elk. It's a great video. The nice thing about The Experience is the filming is fantastic. This is done in 4K, so it's crystal clear. And wait till you see what Devin went through to get this elk. It's an amazing hunt. Him and him and Dallas earned this elk. Yeah, we it, it was a grind, and I think that's kind of what makes, you know, when you go through the grind and it's getting towards the end of the hunt and you feel like you're not going to succeed, and then you finally do, you know, in my eyes, that's what makes a hunt so special is that when you put in all that time and effort and you feel like, oh, it's just not going to happen. And I can remember thinking it was the last, it was the third to last day, and, you know, in my head and between my dad and friends. I said, well, we're going to hunt with a bow. The hunt was... Oh, it was a week and a day, I think. So it was like maybe eight days. Eight, maybe yeah, maybe the hunt was eight days long. And it was the third to last day. And I said, well, if I haven't killed something on the third to last day, I'm going to pull out my, my rifle. And it came to the third to last day. And I thought, well, should I pull out the rifle? And we decided, you know what? Let's either go big or go home. And we, we kept with the bow and kept the bow in hand. And on that, was it the second to last day, we went, we ended up connecting on that on that bull. So I was pretty happy that we decided to stick with the bow. 
Oh, I would imagine that's it's a fantastic elk. And like I said, for the folks watching, this is not some preserve elk hunt. Watch this video. You'll be extremely impressed. And then on top of that, about a month ago, you released another video uh, also on the Experience channel. And what yep. a lot of people don't realize is, oh, in the early 50s or so, that New Mexico, down in the Florida Mountains, which is heading towards the Mexican border, New Mexico released, what were the Bezor Ibex? Yep. And you drew a tag for one of those, which A, is not easy to do, but then you upped the uh, the difficulty by deciding to try to do it with your bow. So yeah, the tag that I drew for Ibex, so that this one was an archery tag. And, you know, the odds of drawing, um, I believe are around nine, well, when I was putting in, it was around 9%. And I know they're a lot, it's a lot worse than that now. And then the harvest odds of killing an Ibex is around two to 3%. So it makes it pretty tough to draw the tag. And then once you draw the tag, it's even tougher to try and, you know, kill one of these Ibex. I'm, the terrain that they live in is super steep. I mean, these, these things rock rock climb you would think that they would need ropes and a harness to do it like we do but i mean it's just amazing the country and the cliffs and the rocks that these ibex live in and the caves that they dwell in it's just they're a special animal i can't wait to get back out there very neat tag it's a once in a lifetime tag i think is isn't it no, it's not a once in a, I think maybe the rifle is, or maybe if you kill, but I know that you can keep, I don't think it's once in a, it's definitely not once in a lifetime. They may have a waiting period, but I think you can just keep putting in for it. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. I guess with the odds being so low that it, it could potentially be a once in a lifetime, depending yeah, on what your no, luck is. Yeah. I feel like that tag was a once in a lifetime, unless I can beat the odds again. Well, and I, and I don't, I'm not going to tell the listeners whether you connected or didn't connect, I want them to go out to the experience and watch it. It's well worth watching, and they're going to see you cover some terrain in that video. The Floridas are no joke. I've, I've had friends that have also hunted in that area for years, and those mountains are no joke. Those um, Ibex are built for that terrain. That's what it's like where their home range is from, and they just gather some massive horns off of them. So you found some deadheads up there. Yeah, we found a few deadheads, and what was cool about that is we met a, a fish and game officer up there, and we became friends with him over time. And so in order to keep a deadhead, you have to call it in, and then they need to come up and check it and just to, you know just make sure that everything looks good, make sure it didn't look like it got poached or anything. And then you know the officer will sell you the head, and he gets to determine on you know how much he's going to sell that to you. Oh, really? So he could sell for you know thousands of dollars or a couple dollars or a couple hundred dollars it's all up to him and you know he definitely gave us a fair price on the three year i think we found what was it three or four heads that we found and we were able to bring those home and so that was that was really cool but yeah like you said that terrain up there it's wild and you know we you, you'll see it in the video when your listeners watch it but for some reason we decided to hunt the most rugged part of the floridas and don't get me wrong that whole mountain is rugged and it's steep and there's cliffs and there's it's it's rocky and if you're not careful you can really get yourself hurt and one of the deadheads that we picked up, I mean, I don't know if we should have gone up there, but it was one of the first deadheads that we had seen. And I really wanted to put my hands on it because we could just see in the spotting scope how big and massive that deadhead was. But uh, for some reason, we decided to spend most of our time on the most rugged part of the mountains. And then as the hunt went on, it was a 14-day hunt, maybe, no, maybe 15-day hunt. And as the time went on, we thought, man, should we move to some easier terrain? Because, I mean, every day you're going to see ibex, but they can just elude all these 
these hunters because of how rugged and how steep it is. But somewhere around day seven, eight, nine, we decided, hey, should we pick up camp and go somewhere a little bit easier to hunt? And the problem was, is we just knew we had learned so much about these Ibex over the last seven, eight days that we just thought, you know what? Our odds are going to be best and we're going to succeed because of how well we know these Ibex. So we decided to stay there in the rugged terrain and beat ourselves up. Well, Rugged is an understatement, and I'd like to put in as a gun hunt in the Floridas for Ibex, and being that I'm mobility impaired, the chances of me getting an Ibex are decent, but it's nowhere near what you do when you're up there in the mountains, and to be honest, the Ibex that you see that uh, Dallas has filmed while you guys are running through the mountains or walking through the mountains, there's some Ibex that'll just are eye-dropping. Oh yeah, those, I mean, it's, it's a sight to see for sure. And, you know, when I first found out about Ibex, I mean, I thought, you know, they just look so majestic and they're just so cool. And, you know, the way their horns are, they're just, they got that big wagon wheel and some of them have those knobs. And I mean, I just think they're so cool. And but when I first seen that Ibex in person, I was like, okay, I knew how cool and, you know, these Ibex are. But when I seen that Ibex in person, I was just like, holy cow, these animals are cool. So, I mean, I know it's kind of tough for everybody to do it, but I mean, man, if you've got the time and you can put in for an Ibex hunt, you know, do a little bit of research. And if you watch this video and you think Ibex are as cool as I do, I think you definitely ought to put in because when you see these Ibex in person, it's something to see for sure. And one of the coolest things I've said about that hunt, or actually any hunt in New Mexico, is they don't have a preference point system. So every year the slate's wiped clean and you got the same odds as everybody else. Yep. And that's why, and that you're right. I mean, and that's why I was able to drop, you know, putting in my first year. If for anybody that's interested in this, you can go back and listen to from my podcast episode 24, where I speak with Chris Gaikima, Compass West Outfitters, and we lay out the whole deal about drawing in New Mexico. There's odds if you draw yourself, and then New Mexico also keeps a pool of tags for outfitters, where you can get a little bit better odds sometimes if you're working with an outfitter. So they really help both sides, but go listen to episode 24, and we lay the whole thing out for how New Mexico works with their drawings. And uh, then for myself, they have a whole mobility impaired type of hunt, which really is somebody like myself who's never going to hike to the top of the Florida mountains, you know, but I still can get my odds of getting some of those animals in certain types of situations. So it's really a, a neat state to look at. You've been hunting Nevada for mule deer, is that right? I've been so this year. I've been spending most of my time in Nevada. I got super lucky and uh, drew a PIW tag, which is essentially a statewide tag in Nevada to where I can hunt any unit in the state that is open. So as long as there's no open season going on, I can hunt that unit. Wow, kind of weird to say it, but it's a it's a blessing and a curse at the same time because uh, I've had the the problem of the grass is greener <laughs> syndrome, and I've just, just kind of like ran around. But I've learned my lesson, and you know. The, I think the most important thing is, you know, just sticking with the unit that I know. And, you know, I spent nearly 20 days so far in Nevada. I've been saving the last couple of weeks up to where I can spend as much time as I possibly can in November. So I plan on spending between now and November another 15 days in Nevada to where the mule deer are going to start rutting out there in Nevada. They're going to start moving. And uh, I'm hoping that I can, you know, spend a bunch of time out there and get lucky. Maybe just see one of those big old nasty mule deer that will catch my eye. My buddies and I, we've, we've spent some time out there and seen some good bucks. We've seen one that was a giant four point. Well, he was a giant five point and he had 
two hook cheaters off both sides that we guessed that he'd go around 205. We spent some time on him on the archery hunt, but we couldn't get it done the last five days of the archery hunt. And then it turned to the muzzleloader. And I thought, well, you know, if I'm going to use a gun, a muzzleloader, my rifle is going to try and hold out for something a little bit bigger. And a buddy of mine ended up killing him with a client. And that buck went just over 210, I believe he said. And yeah, so this, yeah, so this particular buck would have been, he had six points off each side, four point mainframe, then a hook cheaters coming off his back forks off both sides, and then his eye guards, just a stud of a buck. That was one you hate to see somebody else get. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, he was a buddy of mine. So I was kind of, you know, I was done hunting that deer and, you know, I was going to, you know, move on and, you know, hopefully get super lucky. And, you know, don't get me wrong. That's, that's a giant, giant deer. But with this statewide tag, you know, I thought, well, you know what, I'm going to hold out for just one of those big, giant, giant, nasty mule deer. And if not, maybe I'll end up eating the tag, but <laughs> if that's the case, then, you know, I'll, I'll at least have all the, the memories and adventures of spending call. By the time I get done with this tag, I'll probably have 30, 40 days under my belt out there in Nevada. That's huge. And before we get over to figuring out, because people will be listening and going, how's this guy able to spend so much time in the field? We're going to talk about iSocial Boost, which helps you do that. Yeah, absolutely. I want to jump back to Utah. Now, there's a lot of folks that won't know about this, but there's an area in Utah called Antelope Island. Yeah. And Antelope Island, and now I've never been on to Antelope Island, but from what I understand, oh, two years ago, the is it the governor's tag or the Antelope Island tag for mule deer? sold for like $410,000. Yeah. Yeah. So each year on Antelope Island, so Antelope Island is uh, surrounded by the Great Salt Lake and it was only, you know, maybe, uh, God, what is it? Maybe five, six years ago that they started hunting the island and they give one tag away in the state draw so everybody can put in for it. And then they auction off one tag that they have here at uh, the Hunt Expo here in Salt Lake City, Utah. And I think that might have even been a record for the mule deer, but it went for 400, like you said, somewhere right around $410,000. Yeah, it says world record, which that's sheep tag prices right there. And I believe they actually have a, the picture that they show on the front is from the previous year, which was a, like a 230 gross score. It's just a freak of a mule deer. Um, yeah. More so with the mass. It, it looks like the somebody cut tree branches off and glued them to this deer's head. Yeah, he's he's a giant. And I mean there there's other giants out there too. And you know what's cool is you can go out there during during August and see these big bucks in the velvet. They get you know, they're not super close to the road, but you know, you'll catch some of these big deer crossing the road, but and then some of the other big deer live on the backside where you can't see them. But you know, some of these guys will go out there and they'll have names for all these deer and then they'll have a shed season out there on this island that you can go and you, you've got to draw a tag. They give out a hundred tags each day that they do it. They do it for two different days and they go out there and pick up these sheds and you know, these guys will watch these bucks for several years and if you're following the right guys on Instagram Instagram, you can kind of see how these bucks go from immature deer, three-year-old to a four to a five to six, seven-year-old deer, and then they turn into that 230-inch giant that you're talking about. It's really interesting and to look at that, uh, and I don't know if they sell any bison hunts off of Antelope Island. They do. Yeah, I believe so. There is a herd of um, bison on Antelope Island, and I think the neat thing or the I think the unique thing about those bison is that they were cut off from a lot of the bison that got mixed with cattle, and a, a lot of bison nowadays have a small strain of cattle to them, but I believe uh -huh. the ones on Antelope Island don't. 
God, you know what? I'm not sure about that, but I mean, that would make sense. I think they were, I don't know that there was ever cattle out on that island. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, you're right. So it's really interesting. If you go out and look at uh, the history of Antelope Island, there's some, it's one of the things I wish I would have done when I was in Salt Lake City and a, a great reason why i gotta go back uh, i'm looking forward to hitting one of these uh western hunting expos one time but uh yeah that's it's really a cool thing just to watch what comes up with the antelope island permits it's a ton of money for conservation yeah oh and that's what i was going to say is a lot of that money if not all of it when they sell that tag well i think a large portion of it goes back into the island to you know to help manage it to maintain the herds out there between the buffalo the mule deer the antelope and to, you know obviously maintain the roads and all the other stuff that they do out there but yeah the majority of that four hundred ten thousand dollars goes back into the island it's a great opportunity and you know if you can get lucky there's one tag from mule deer up for draw every year and i don't know if it's resident only or if it's open to anybody but uh both the the sheep and the mule deer if you ever get a chance to get drawn you're going to get a monster oh yeah that's a special tag to have for sure now i want to switch gears because i want people to hear about this because there's always folks including myself that have instagram accounts and a lot of people don't understand how instagram works how to get more views on their page or how to get more of their pictures seen. And that's what allows you to go out there and hunt is you've cracked that code and you help folks like myself and many others work on their Instagram pages. And I'd love to, your company's called iSocial Boost. And I'd love to have you tell my listeners who may be interested in, in working with you, how you do that. Yeah. So iSocial Boost is something that we've you know, we've been working on for nearly two years now. And probably about a year ago is when we really perfected it after all of our testing and, and whatnot, making sure that we had everything dialed in. And, and now it's just, we've been going strong now that we've perfected it. But like you said, I mean, what's so cool about social media nowadays, before I get into social boosts, is I think you can take, it's cool that you can now have the average person, you know, achieve their dreams through uh, social media. Because before, you know, it, it used to be all the, you know, you had to be an actor or an actress or, you know, to be, to get that, that popularity or, or an athlete to be known. But now because of social media, you can have you know your average person you know build that following that can then turn that into their profession or maybe they want to sell their products or services through their you know social media their their platform so that's what i think is so cool about social media but for us we've really perfected it over the last two years of helping people grow their instagrams you know because of this we've been able to help because i'm a big time hunter we started out with you know my friends and family and my network and that's kind of how we really perfected it and now we do a lot of marketing campaigns for iSocial boost you know m many of us will have our Instagram accounts, myself included, and you get out there and you start to gain a little bit of traction. And I know I built up a little bit of a following related to the podcast and some of my hunting exploits, but then it seems you hit a wall. And once you hit that wall, and I, I've talked to others that have experienced the same thing, they have a hard time getting past 1,500. 2000 yep. but then you look at uh, other some of these other accounts and you say well geez i see so and so out there's got 50 60 70 80,000 followers how did they get over that wall what am i not doing and so i know i myself i floundered around i i liked i followed i interacted sent messages talked it takes a lot of time and it was like okay do i want to have a podcast or do i want to run an instagram show 
And so I I really wanted to use Instagram as a way to highlight what I was doing on the show, but I just couldn't seem to get past that wall. And that's when I turned to to somebody like yourself. I had saw some mutual friends that we have uh, were using your service and... Again, I had known you from the video on the elk hunting and then come to find out about this iSocial boost. I talked to a friend and he was like, oh man, he goes, hook up with Devin. Those guys are knocking it out of the park. And so I I did and it's been a little bit of time now and I'm ecstatic with what you've helped me focus on and, and notice and do compared to what I was doing. Right. Well, you're absolutely right. It's, you know, a lot of guys have said the same thing that they've been growing their Instagram for quite some time. Then at some point they hit a wall and with Instagram, they keep changing their algorithm. And so because the way that they have their algorithm now and the way that they've had it for the last six months, it's a lot harder to grow your account than what it was a year ago. And even two years ago, because the way that they have changed their algorithm. So because the way that they've changed their algorithm, you know, a lot less people are seeing your posts. A lot less people are you know, finding you through the popular pages. So what we've done is we've kind of, you know, found a way to help our clients get in front of more people. That, because the problem is, is that because they've changed their algorithm, there's not nearly as many people checking out your Instagram page as there was, you know, six months ago, a year ago, to even two years ago. So the trick and the trick that we've done, you know, I can get into a little bit more detail a little bit a little bit later on. But the trick is that we've created our own, you know, our own recipe to success where we're going to create a target audience. And what that is is a target audience of like-minded people. So. You know, we work with hairstylists, we work with realtors, we work with outdoor enthusiasts, fishermen, hunters. So for somebody that has a hair salon, we're going to create a target audience of other girls that are interested, you know, of wanting to get their hair cut. Or we're going to create a target audience around other hunters. So for somebody like yourself, what we would do is we'd create a target audience around other hunters. And then we're going to start engaging with these other hunters. And what this does is when we engage, it helps these people find your account. And then at that point, they say, oh, wow, here's a podcast that I could start to listen to. So I'm going to follow this Instagram account because I like it, or maybe because eventually I want to be able to you know, listen to the podcast that you're running. But the trick is, is that we're engaging with people that are of like-minded so that way they can find your account. They know of your account because if they never know of your account, it's hard for, you know, for you to build a following. So our average person right now goes from, you know, a few they're getting a few new people to their page every day. But because of what we're doing, you're now getting hundreds of people that are coming to your Instagram page each and every day. And at that point, it's up to them to decide on whether they're going to follow you back or not. Right. And, you know, folks can do searches on YouTube and things like that. And there's other places that do similar things. But what I think you'll find, and I this is strictly from talking with other folks like myself as we've kind of tried to figure out the way to do this, is you end up with lots and lots of followers that, in essence, look fake. They have zero posts. There's a picture and they've got maybe 37 followers and they're following three people. And so that's one of the things I didn't realize. And I went through my account and found a number of those, cleaned them all out and worked with uh, your representative who's helping me to define that audience so that your iSocial Boost can do the work for me. Yeah. And see, that's so that's that's one of the important things with 
with Instagram. And you're right. I mean, there are a lot of people out there that have fake followers. But the problem is when you have a bunch of fake followers, you're not getting any engagement. Your your likes are low. Your comments are low. And the way one of the ways that Instagram's algorithm works is, is that the more engagement your post gets, the more Instagram is going to show your post to your followers. So for an example, just because I'm following you doesn't mean that Instagram is going to show me your post that you posted. They could, for some reason, not show me that post. And then if it gets a lot of traction, meaning there's a lot of likes, there's a lot of comments, then maybe at that point, they decide that they're going to want to show me that post. But the more engagement your post gets on Instagram, the more Instagram will show that specific post to your people that are already following you. So that's why it's important that you have the engagement on Instagram and you don't just have a bunch of fake followers. Very much so. And even going out to Instagram and promoting, you know, which i.e. paying uh, Instagram and Facebook to promote your posts, well, it will gain you some traction to what you tell them to do. It's still not going to gain what you're doing for me. Correct. Yeah. And the so once we build out a target audience, the one thing that makes us different from a lot of these other companies out there is that we're not just engaging with anybody inside your target audience. We're engaging with people that are active on Instagram. And what I mean by active is not just scrolling through Instagram, but people that are liking and commenting consistently. So that way we means that what that means is that when you're gaining these followers, we know that they're active and you know, most likely the odds are that they're going to be active with you as well. And that helps with your engagement along the way. iSocial Boost doesn't restrict any of the items that I post. I still go along and still post my Instagram posts however often I like and doing what I need to do. And and you guys are just completely going behind the scenes. Yep, correct. You keep doing what you're doing and we help you get your page in front of hundreds of people that are within your same industry each and every day. And for the listeners, if that's something that they wanted to review some more and get in touch with you, they can go out to isocialboost.com and explain a little bit about how the uh, the cost structure is for that because I liked that it. it was just one simple price. Yeah, absolutely. So for your listeners, we're going to offer them a discount code. So that way they can just try it out, see if they like it. And that way we can prove to them that they're going to like the service. So for the first week, we're going to give them 80% off. So that's going to cost them, I believe, $4.90 for their first week of services. And if they decide that they want to continue with it, it's just $24.50. So $24.50 per week. They can cancel at any time. But the cool thing is the reason why we can offer that 80% office because we know the majority of the people that sign up with us are going to love the services and like their results that they're going to stay with us for quite some time. Yeah. And in my show notes, there will be a link to iSocial Boost. But remember when you go to check out to use the promo code outdoors, O-U-T-D-O-O-R-S to get that first week at 80% off. Yeah, absolutely. And if they have any questions, they can definitely feel free to shoot me a DM on Instagram. And my name on Instagram is Devin Leonard underscore. So D-E-V-I-N Leonard, L-E-O-N-A-R-D underscore. So if you guys have questions in regards to iSocial, definitely, you know, shoot them my way. Oh, fantastic. And so, you know, I really appreciate the time, you, you know, and just so folks that are listening, you've been featured in some of the prime publications on mule deer hunting, like Eastman's Hunting Fool and, and Eastman's Bowhunting Journal, which have covered some of the mule deer you've taken, which if you, anybody Googles your name, they're going to look out there and see these just beasts of animals that you've been lucky to harvest. But yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, when I first started my entrepreneur adventures, I, mean, I remember the there was one year where, I mean, I was 
hunting. I uh, call this was forever ago, but this was back in like 2000, maybe eight or nine, where I took off probably about two and a half months of, you know, to go out there and go hunting. And then that next year, because I was so committed and dialed into you know, my business adventures, I only was able to take off two weeks at that time. So what's cool is that, you know, I, I had to make those sacrifices, but what's cool now is because I did make those sacrifices, I am able to, you know, spend, you know, 20, 30, 40 days out in Nevada and spend another, you know, 20 days here in Utah hunting mule deer. So, you know, I've definitely put in the time and, you know, there's a time when I've got to work super hard and I do that. So when hunting season rolls around, I can, you know, take off as much time as possible. Awesome. And so last year, outside of the mule deer, have you or are you considering putting in for like the mountain goat or the moose or anything like that that's available in Utah? Yeah. So I put in for, uh, God, you know what? I put in for quite a few hunts. You know, I put in for all the, you know, I put in for most of the Western states. I even put in for some of uh, the states back east for whitetail. Actually, Iowa, I believe it is. But now it's just you know, hopefully I can get lucky and draw one of those special tags like a desert sheep or a big horn or, you know, mountain goat. I have had a mountain goat tag before and I was lucky and was able to connect on that. With your bow? Yeah, with my bow. Yep. Fantastic. That's really got to be another unique hunt. We'll Maybe one day we'll cover that on a future episode. But for the listeners of the show, remember... Go out to isocialboost.com. The promo code to save 80% for the first week is outdoors. You can contact Devin directly through Instagram if you have any questions at DevinLeonard underscore. You got it. And also there's a contact us button on isocialboost, I believe, as well. So they'll somebody will reach out from his company to answer any questions as well if you have any. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm telling you, you're not going to be sorry if you're trying to build that Instagram and you hit that wall. Get together with iSocialBoost. You're going to be very pleased with, with what they do and how they get you set up and going. So I thank you for your time. I can't wait to see more of your mule deer hunt pictures. And I'm going to have links so that folks can go right out after listening to this and watch at either of the experience videos and see what we're talking about for the Ibex as well as the uh, elk that you took. Awesome. Jason, I appreciate you having me on, dude. That was that was a blast. I always love talking, hunting, mule deer, and a lot better than having to work here in the office. So I appreciate you having me on. I can certainly understand that. It was my pleasure, and I look forward to seeing uh, more of your mule deer hunts. That's a species that I'm really dying to take one day, and I, I really look forward to seeing what you do with that. Awesome. Thanks, Jason. You take care. Come early spring, it's getting green Fisher on the bed and hear those turkeys gobble It's ringing in my head The winter rise bass boat Here comes another year Yeah, we command the outdoors around here Oh, we command the outdoors Yeah, we command the outdoors Come summertime, we're feeling fine Fishing on the lake Flipping jigs and Carolina rigs From early morning till real late 
Bonfires on the creek bank, kick back a couple beers. Yeah, we command the outdoors around here. Yeah, we command the outdoors. Yeah, we command the outdoors. Next year's does until you know winter's on the way. Brushing blinds and deer stands. The fever starts to creep. Fill our freezers full of ducks, lots of tender deer. Yeah, we command the outdoors around here. Yeah, we, we command the outdoors. Yeah, we. So grab your guns and shells, boys Put on your camouflage Cause we command the outdoors around here We command the outdoors